As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Fox 2 presents Hancock and Kelly. Welcome to Hancock and Kelly here on Fox 2. On the left is where we start today. That one right there is Michael Kelly. Hey now. And on the right over there, John Hancock. Top of the morning. I'm John Brown. Big story this week. A whistleblower came forward with some pretty strong claims late in the week. The report here involves an intelligence official who claims that President Trump made an unspecified promise to an unidentified foreign leader. There are already hearings underway on this one, as you can imagine, and you can bet there will be a lot more to come. Now, for most people, it's hard to tell what's a big deal in D.C. with all these things anymore because Congress and the outrage machine makes everything seem like it's a big deal. But insiders say what happened here is a big deal and we need to pay attention. Michael, you're up first on this. Well, hopefully this doesn't devolve into what we typically seen, which is a partisan fight. Uh, right now, we're not sure that it's the president. We all suspect it's the president of the United States who is having a conversation. And if he said something and made a promise outside of our national norms, that is a problem. The fact that a whistleblower has gone through this process legally, hopefully Congress and the White House won't turn this into the typical circus that we have had and really address this. This is serious, if true. John, we hear this is a high-level worker with security clearance. So you're not talking about some disgruntled guy sitting over there. Who This is somebody who's legit here who thought this was serious enough that he needed to raise it. Well, and the whistleblower process uh, as it relates to national security is a very detailed, systematic process. And by press accounts, if they're true, uh, this individual has gone through that very detailed system to elevate this to where it is now. But, you know, I don't want to speculate on what it might we don't know and it may be significant it may not be significant but uh, but what is certain I think is that whoever this person is has gone through a fairly tedious process to, to elevate the issue and put his career at risk I mean this comes with a lot of risks here and I think Michael you, you hear people up in DC saying this is why it's important to have more eyes on these conversations we all remember when the president met with uh, yeah, the meeting with Putin there was a translator there translator not allowed to to talk about the conversation he took the notes these are the kind of things that where you say wait a second that's well are you enriching yourself or is this business right and so many of our norms have been thrown out the window with this president partly that's his style partly it could be somewhat nefarious who knows that's why we ought to have this process in place and boy if we had stability maybe somebody who could pick the very best people that we could have stability in these operations to make sure that things are happening the way they're supposed to. Clearly, if this is true, that's not the case. And that leads us to our next issue here. Let's talk about Iran and the tensions simmering around that issue this week. Iran accused of destroying the oil infrastructure in Saudi Arabia with a series of explosions. The UN now investigating, but satellite video appears to implicate Iran. Iran says if the U.S. retaliates, we must be ready for war. John, it goes back to what Michael was saying here. You know, there's so many interim members of the administration, it's making it hard to determine who's in charge, who's fully briefed on these. So 
all this turnover is having an impact in these kind of international affairs. Could, it could be. Uh, Mike Pompeo has been elevated in this administration. There is no director of national intelligence. Uh, the, we've got a, a brand new appointed uh, national security advisor. And Pompeo, his words are significant. And uh, he has been very tough talking uh, on the Iran situation. Iran is a bad actor in the Middle East. And, you know, there's some instability in Israel as a result of their most recent elections. It's not clear what the government's going to form and look like there. Uh, very tenuous time. President has indicated that he's not interested in military confrontation. And there's still a lot we can do uh, in terms of sanctions, economic sanctions. And our sanctions are hurting Iran. They are hurting them badly. You know, Michael, though, this kind of validates some of the things you've said in the past. When we've alienated some of our allies, we've hurt ourselves here because now who do we go to and say, hey, you're in this as well, help us out, because we've, we've angered a lot of people. We all saying. know for the last 2,000 years, the Middle East has been one of the most unstable places in the world. It's even more dangerous now because they, they too have the weapons to be able to cause major destruction around the world, and in Iran's case, potentially maybe making nuclear weapons. It would be helpful if America could lead like it has in the past to be that stable force. But when you have the president out on a wing or out on a Twitter making commitments to the royal family or the kingdom as he calls it, things can get kind of scary. This is a very serious time in our world. The fact that we could be potentially headed to a conflict in the Middle East is nothing like we've seen even in the last couple of decades. This is scary. Hopefully the president's going to be stable and smart. And the other thing that's changed in recent times is Russia is now active in the Middle East in the Syrian conflict in a way they never were during the Cold War. And so you've got, you've got all the world's players on this stage at a very, uh, very delicate time. You know, I heard you guys with one of your uh, guests this week made an interesting political point about this and fracking. A lot of Democrats against that technology, but your guest said, if it weren't for that technology and what we're doing here in the United States right now, had this happened, our gas prices would have probably doubled at this That's point. That's true. So we've made ourselves energy independent, and that goes back to the campaign here where Elizabeth Warren says fracking will be outlawed immediately. This kind of helped in this case, it looks like. Well, clearly. And we are now the world's largest pr producer of, of oil. And uh, that's important. And, and that's, that is a true and fair point that if we were as dependent on foreign oil as we used to be, then all of the stakes would be higher here. And what's happened with Iran and in the Saudi Arabia facility, it, we, we'd be seeing double, you know, well, double of the converse price is, of gas. is that fracking technology has helped with pumping more oil. It's also caused a more unstable environment. We have all these earthquakes that are going on. Sure, we're getting the temporary benefits right at this moment of there. But folks, this is a finite amount of resources. The, the, the bill's going to come due on oil, and we're going to have to find alternatives. And while this may be temporary that we're fixing it and worried about gas prices now, we have to worry about the stability oh. of this world over the next several decades sure. and years. And fracking's not going to be the sole answer. No, to that. You know what solves that problem, Kelly? The free market. The free market will pr produce alternative energy as it becomes cost-effective and necessary. You don't need the government coming in and banning procedures that are making life livable for all of us. That's that's a fundamental problem with Elizabeth Warren's message. Well, it's also a fundamental problem with Donald Trump. We saw this week that he's intervening in the free market as it relates with tariffs. He's intervening in the free market as it relates with vapes. Look, you're not pure when it comes to free markets over there. 
All right, also this week, there was a new push to impeach Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. Now, this, it's hard to follow here. This is a mess, right? It all comes following a report in the New York Times about another sexual misconduct allegation from decades ago against Kavanaugh. Well, that story ended up being the story because it was really about a book that's coming out by two reporters from the Times. There were some omissions, some changes in the Times story, then a later revision that stated that friends of the woman this allegedly happened to say she doesn't even remember the incident. John, you're up first on this one. I, impeachment is going to be nearly impossible in this case. I don't know what's going on here. This, well, I know what's going on. It's character assassination. Uh, the guy that brings this charge was Bill Clinton's lawyer in the Paula Jones civil suit back in the day. And it's, it's totally fabricated, it seems to me. They're, they're trying to destroy this guy. And he's a Supreme Court justice. He will be for the rest of his life. And uh, this is, politics should never become this. Uh, this is despicable, whether it's done by the left or by the right. In this, well, this case, it's by the left. It's, it's despicable. done by the media, John. It's being done by people who wrote books. Yeah, it's a problem. The man is going to be a Supreme Court justice for life. Let that sink in. But there's clearly been some allegations here. It's time for Democrats, not the media folks. It's time for Democrats to focus on beating Donald Trump in November and quit allowing these sideshows to distract them. All right, still to come on Hancock and Kelly, St. Louis County wanting to beef up security on Metrolink. We're starting to see area leaders get more laser focused on crime. So what's it going to take for people to feel safe again? To hear more, listen to the podcast. Just search for Hancock and Kelly. Welcome back to Hancock and Kelly. This guy just wants to talk sports today. I know. He wants to talk. <laughs> I, if we could just turn the entire show into would. sports talk on a Sunday, would you, you would, right? I'm in. Count yeah, me in, bro. Right. Next week. All right. If we win. All right. The United Auto Workers strike continues, and it's having a ripple effect on a whole lot of businesses. A lot of issues here for pay increase or from pay increases to manufacturing in Mexico and a whole lot more. This week, GM stopped paying health insurance for the striking workers. Company says employees still have health coverage. It's now shifted to a COBRA-type plan paid for by the union. The workers feel like they're getting a double whammy, though, as they're getting strike pay of just a couple hundred dollars a week. An indictment came down this week against some union leaders. The FBI raided the home of UAW President Gary Jones before the strike began. Earlier this month, the regional director of UAW, Missouri, was also charged with embezzlement. Now, when you read what these guys are accused of doing and misusing the funds. Hard to believe. Mike, you're the union guy. You're well, up first on yeah, this. Let's talk to the strike first. Mm -hmm. This last contract lasted between four and five years with the UAW and General Motors. In those years, GM is making record profits. Its CEO last year alone made $22 million. Now, we all remember when the economy fell apart and the, the auto industry was on its heels. Who took it in the shorts then? It was the workers who gave back concessions. It was the workers who gave back raises, wages, health care coverages. And now, when they have record profits and a CEO who's making $22 million a year, we haven't got time for the workers. Mm. As it relates to the union piece, good on the FBI for investigating this. They were taking a not-for-profit fund uh, and moving some money around, and folks were doing some nefarious stuff. That shouldn't paint every one of those auto workers who's out there looking for their fair share of record profits from GM, which by the way, we all bailed out. Mm -hmm. I think as far as the those allegations, John, it makes difficulty uh, negotiating difficult because they say, wait, your own leadership was stealing funds well, it's, I mean, it, from the perception. It's, it's horrible. It's horrible for the institution of the union to have that kind of criminal activity taking place at the upper echelons. Uh, 
and I would think it would make it more difficult for to attract workers to join a union where that kind of leadership's happening. I hope this strike doesn't last long. Um, those workers need to work, people need their cars, uh, and the company needs to sit down and, and come up with a real contract and make a good offer. Both sides a little give, a little take, and, and get her done. Yeah, and it impacts other businesses. We heard this week, you know, these guys who supply these plants in Winsville and they're like, well, those guys end up losing their jobs, and there is no strike pay for them. Well, They're we're down to one around. auto plant in St. Louis, but the typical equation is for every auto worker job you have, you have three to five supplier jobs, people who are making a widget of it. Of all those folks are scattered all over St. Louis County and parts of St. Char Charles County. It's important we get back. Manufacturing, such a key, and we always hear about all oh, this plants moving to Mexico. It's all those small mom and pop operations who supply to the Boeings, who supply to the Fords or the GMs that really hurt the economy. All right, St. Louis County made an interesting proposal this week to curb crime on Metrolink. St. Louis County Executive Sam Page sent a, a letter to Mayor Lida Cruson offering to assign 16 new uniformed patrol officers and two sergeants to patrol the Metrolink line in St. Louis City, the county patrolling the city. St. Louis Mayor responded with a letter welcoming the additional officers. The county executive proposes paying for the additional police by reducing the amount of money Bi-State was seeking from St. Louis County. Current CEO of Bi-State, not really not the possibility of St. Louis County taking a bigger role here. Guys, seems like, John, we'll start with you, or Michael, seems like this turf war that's been going on is fading because if that continues, this system fails. Well, let's hope it's fading, and I think this is great. I think that it's awesome that Sam Page has stepped up and said, hey, look, there's a problem here. St. Louis needs its resources for police officers. We can do this from the county. He's got a sensible plan that offers that. The problem we have here is, is we have three jurisdictions that include in the Metrolink. We have St. Louis County, the City of St. Louis, and St. Clair County. All three of them need to get in a room together, make this agreement, and get it done. Why we're not under one unified command after years of this discussion is despicable. The problem you, you, you got here, Brown, is that if we, if we implement this thing, that, you know what that means. What's that? That means we'll have more officers riding Metrolink than people riding Metrolink. At this point, yeah. <laughs> Nobody rides the thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, yes, we should make it safer, make it more appealing, but the, the reality is we don't use it in, in St. Louis, not in any kind of meaningful numbers. You know, and I, I hate to harken back and say, you remember the glory days? Okay, guys, not 10, 15 years ago. I remember that taking us to Cardinal games, Rams games. You couldn't get on. You had to wait for the next train because it was so incredibly popular. And the question was asked to me, what would it take for you to let your family back on it? You talk about no answer. I'm like, my family? I don't know if I'm getting back on it. You would have to have an officer like on every train right now. Well, you're going to have to overwhelm this thing with security to get people to trust it. Again. And let's hope that where where is going to be where it goes. But Remember, guys, we, I know we like to pick on the Metrolink and the train and we make jokes about it. There is not a major city that's growing that doesn't have a functional uh, public transportation system. And Metro plays an important part of that. And the only way it gets expanded is if it's safe. And if it's safe and it's expanded, more people use it, it becomes safer. But it's key to a growing city. Yeah, yeah we could turn it into a trolley, Brown. <laughs> I think we did that. You're just waiting for your Hyperloop tube between oh, the here, magic tube. Here in Kansas City. That'll, that'll fix everything. Uh, that's going to happen. All right, very quickly, new county executive may have some competition to keep that gig, according to KMOX. Some sources say county assessor Jake Zimmerman thinking of challenging Sam Page for the gig. 
Uh, your thoughts on this one, guys? What are you hearing? You know, Zimmerman's sitting on a pile of money, I think. Uh, and he really was not challenged in the last election. And uh, he's, he's, a, he's a genuine threat to Page. Uh, now, I think Page has really done himself a good, a good favor by the way he has kind of managed in the aftermath of the Stenger fiasco. Uh, so I think he'll be tough to beat, but Zimmerman's a real deal. John, John's right in that, uh, you know, right now there's instability in St. Louis County, right? We're coming off of the heels of the whole Stanger nonsense. Sam Page has stepped in. He's done an admirable job. But you have somebody who's a, a potential opponent who's got some money. I think Sam Page is all right, but he can't take uh, Jake Zimmerman for granted. And really, I think the proof is in the pudding over the next couple of months of how the stability continues to come back to St. Louis County under Sam Page. And in, in, the, in the aftermath of Stenger, it's going to be hard to raise money for that office. Mm. Uh, I mean, you, people aren't going to want to donate, uh, and the candidates are going to want to be very exclusive about who they'll take money from. That's going to make fundraising a challenge. All right, still to come on Hancock and Kelly is the time to start paying college athletes. Two states have bold new proposals that the NCAA not going to like. Should you be able to make money off your own name and personal image is the issue. The effort to compensate college athletes takes another step forward as New York lawmakers now file legislation that require colleges to pay student athletes directly. The state senator says it would give college athletes the right to market their own names, images, and likenesses. Now, this one would also require athletic departments to give 15% of their revenues to the athletes. This one is similar to what was recently filed in California. It would make it illegal for colleges to take away a scholarship as punishment for a student athlete accepting endorsement money. John Hancock, you're up first on this one. Is it time to pay these athletes who bring all this money into yes. the college? Yes. I mean, they... They are really making all this money for these schools, and they're getting nothing out of it. And then, if they somebody wants to buy them dinner, they get. I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, these these kids ought to be making money. You know, most of them, we call them student athletes. But if you're in the football and the basketball programs, those are athletes. They're they're on their way trying to make uh, a major league deal. If they blow their knee out, they're done. Uh, yes, we should pay them. From my point of view, the NCAA is a corrupt organization. Agreed. And I think they're messed up. Agreed. Having said all of that, yes, we need to deal with this. The reality, though, is, is there's just a couple of sports and very few athletes who are making all the money for all of these schools. So we have to find an easy mix to make sure that all of our athletes are getting paid. But if you're being used in a video game where they're saying John Brown's the wide receiver and they're talking about you and showing your likeness and image, well, you're doggone right you ought to be paid. That's on American to not be paid. One of my early days in broadcasting, we had one of the Fab Four from, from Michigan back in the day, right? And he said that during Christmas break, they're not allowed to accept a meal, right? He's walking through the mall, couldn't afford to eat, cafeteria was closed. He saw his jersey being sold in a store for $70, and he couldn't afford a meal in the food court. That guy was making money off his name. That's when my idea changed on this, saying... Everybody else is profiting off these young men right. and women. That's wrong. The NCAA needs to be forced to the table. Uh, I don't know that each state having its own set of rules for these athletes is going to. The NCAA needs to be forced to a table with some mediator, like they did with baseball, maybe a George Mitchell type, where we sit down and come up with a real plan that protects the interests of these men and women who are playing these sports and compensates them for what people you are know, making billions baseball, baseball has a farm system. So they're professional athletes in the minor leagues getting paid. Not a lot, but they're getting paid. The, the farm system for football and basketball is colleges. 
And these are athletes that need and deserve to make money. All right, remember the scary days of that hole in the ozone layer? We don't hear about it much anymore, even though we're told that back in the 80s it was going to kill us all. United Nations now says the ozone layer will be completely healed within the next 30 years. They say a lot of the efforts we've taken over the past 40, 50 years have done this. John, you're up first. I remember being scared to death, thinking this thing's going to fry me, and now apparently it's going to They're always predicting, you know, the next ice age, and now you got the planets warming up and everybody's going to die, and the ozone hole, everybody's going to die. Uh, you know, our planet is governed by, by God, and, uh, you know, this, yes, we took action here, bully that the ozone hole is gone, but there's a lot, there's a lot of alarmism out there. So this was one of the first signs of climate change that we saw. And what did we do? We imposed government regulation. We did away with the hairsprays that were aerosol. We got rid of the chlorofarbons. We made a difference. Regulation played a difference and saved our planet for future years to come. Let me tell we're you dealing something. with the same thing as it relates to warming. And this attitude of put your head in the sand, which is all we're going to have soon, is, is a problem, John. It's Hancock. interesting. It all got fixed when I stopped using hairspray, bro. Well, yeah. You see what it did to you. Still to come on Hancock and Kelly, it is time for their final thoughts. Stick around, it'll be good. Well, you stuck around for 28 minutes of this show just for final thoughts. I know you did, and you're up first today. Make it good. So much of what's been serious that we're talking about, whether it be Supreme Court nominations, talking and negotiating with foreign leaders and stuff, they devolved into this ridiculous partisanship. We have a serious allegation that's came as a result of this whistleblower. I hope that the Republicans and Democrats don't turn this into a political football. I hope that the Republicans just don't go silent. Let's investigate it. If there's nothing here, then let's move on. But our national security, which is already in our intelligence agencies, which have already had to weather the assaults from the President of the United States, deserve a fair, independent, nonpartisan process. John Hank. That was lovely, up. Kelly. Yeah, you know, everybody's focused on baseball right now. Yeah. We're getting close to the yeah. playoffs. But you know what's just around the corner? What's that? The the battle frogs or the uh, the the river battle cats. hawks. The, yes, the our team in the in the, in the WWWF uh, football league. It's coming XFL. our way. And when does that start? The river dogs. Like early, just After months away. After the Super Bowl. Just oh. months away. Can't wait. Go right. river dogs. Battle hawks. Yes. You're gonna root for a team, know their name. You know what? Okay, somebody buy him a jersey, and we're, we're hey. gonna make him wear it on the show. They'll, they'll make me a lineman, I guarantee. Uh, they put a jersey on me. That would be an extra large. <laughs> yeah, it would get be. It? It would be. <laughs> hey, thanks for watching Hancock and Kelly. If you missed any part of the show, download it there on your smartphone. Just search out Hancock or Kelly. Fox News Sunday with Chris Wallace is next. We'll see you back here next Sunday.